Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast, episode 31, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Cam Rogers coming at you. So good to have you here on the show. Hit me up on social media, on Twitter, at MrRogers99, and on the gram, at MrRogers99. Please do review the show as well. Right now, the only written review is some guy named Advocate of Truth who says, I'm just okay-ish, and I'm really hoping I'm not just okay-ish. So please, somebody, a friend, mom, anybody out there willing to tell me that I'm better than okay-ish, that would be fantastic, even if you are lying through your teeth. That's okay. Happy March, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Exciting month for the game of golf. The Arnold Palmer Invitational this week, of course. And then we have the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Tiger Woods will be playing in that tournament. Of course, he is not playing this week. So what's on tap? Of course, no Tiger at the API. Is that cause for concern? I'll tell you the answer coming up in a bit. Plus, Tiger Woods is Hall of Fame bound, obviously. Not exactly a surprising headline. I'll tell you more details in regards to that. Dustin Johnson dropping out of the Olympics for 2020. Could Tiger be playing in Japan? Hmm, interesting. Plus, golf analyst Bridget Whalen Talks about all the latest golf headlines and Tiger Woods later in the show. I will be playing that interview for you. She has been on this very program a couple of times now, and I always enjoy talking golf with her. It's very easy to do so. So looking forward to that conversation. So a jam-packed episode of the Tiger Woods podcast. Quick tangent For you March Madness players out there, I will be hosting a bracket challenge, $10 buy-in, high intensity with video analysis from yours truly. So definitely DM me if you're interested in that to be a part of some March Madness action as it is a nice little escape from golf sometimes to focus in on college basketball. And then right after it, You have the Masters, and all eyes are on the first major championship of the season. All right, so let's talk about Arnold Palmer. I gave it an 80% chance Tiger would play, but as with most things that I say, I was wrong. I did give myself wiggle room here because I did say 20% chance he would not play, but I will certainly admit, I was very confident Tiger was going to commit this week to play in Orlando. Obviously not the case. Tiger's agent cited back stiffness. And look, this is something we're going to just have to deal with with Tiger Woods in terms of the inconsistencies with his back health. I've talked about this so many times on this very program. 
I've really hit the nail with the hammer on this one. Tiger is about to be 45 years old, guys. And because he holds the major championships in such high regard, and he knows that his window is closing to surpass Jack Nicholas, he is going to be ultra-cautious with which tournaments he is going to participate in. The question now is, will Tiger have enough reps ahead of Augusta National? The API is the 10th event of the calendar year. Woods has played only eight competitive rounds, and he has had the past two weeks off after having two weeks off prior to his last start in Los Angeles, where, by the way, he finished in dead last among players who made the cut. Not exactly momentum heading into Augusta, but of course we have an opportunity next week, we would think, at the Players' Championship. The other question is, is something more serious happening with Tiger's back? And obviously, if you've been listening to this show so far, I say no for now. Here's where we have to really ring the bells of panic. If Tiger does not commit to next week's Players Championship, then it's time to wonder just how bad is this back situation? Because like I've said on this very show, you have to trust Tiger's instincts. He likely is not playing in a given tournament because he wants to peak at the tournaments he most cares about. The players, Augusta, the U.S. Open, the PGA, the Open Championship, heck, the Olympics. So for him to miss the Arnold Palmer Invitational, not too concerning. If he doesn't show up at TPC Sawgrass, that's concerning. So... For now, I think this is just part of the Tiger Woods M.O. at age 44 going on 45. That, okay, I'm going to be selective with my tournaments. Even if it means I have to skip the tournaments that are near and dear to my heart, like the API. The Memorial is another one. Jack Nicklaus's tournament. But here's the other thing. Woods didn't come into Augusta playing a bunch of tournaments last year. He played the Farmers, finished tied for 20th. Genesis, T15. WGC Mexico, T10. The Players, T30. And the Match Play, T5. So, so far this year, he has played the Farmers. He has played the Genesis. Skipped Mexico. Didn't play API last year. And you would think... He's going to play the players and the match play. So if you want to look at the trends of the last two years here, the only missing ingredient in this schedule for this year would be the Mexico championship, right? Because so far he has the farmers, he has the genesis, and we think he's going to play the players and the match play. So overall the tournaments that Tiger would have under his belt ahead of the 2020 Masters 
wouldn't defer too much from the tournaments under his belt last year, where, oh, by the way, he won the Masters. It's interesting, actually. Joe LaCava said that he even thought that Tiger did not play enough tournaments last year ahead of Augusta. Just so it turns out, everything was okay. So, again, right now, as we stand with Tiger Woods, not too much of a concern that he is not playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Surprising to me, a little bit, especially because he did not play last year. You would think, okay, he's going to try really hard to make it this year. But let's wait until Friday, until Saturday, until Sunday. Heck, it might even be Monday, where we know for sure if Tiger Woods is going to be in the field at TPC Sawgrass, the unofficial fifth major, the Players' Championship. So it's a wait-and-see situation, and I talked about this with Bridget Whalen as well. You'll hear her thoughts about this, but no cause for concern as we stand. In other news... Tiger Woods has been nominated for enshrinement for the 2021 World Golf Hall of Fame. And I also had three coffees and brushed my teeth this morning. Like, we all knew this was going to happen at some point. This headline isn't necessarily newsworthy in that Woods is getting into the Hall of Fame at some point. But it is newsworthy Because we're already talking about it. Isn't that kind of surreal? We're already talking about Tiger Woods being enshrined into the World Golf Hall of Fame. Now, they recently changed the rules where the qualifying age is now 45. It used to be 50. Tiger, like I mentioned, turning 45 this year. So that's interesting. But also, yeah, we're talking about Tiger in the Hall of Fame. I mean... It's kind of crazy because we still think he can surpass Jack Nicholas. I think he can. And, of course, he's going to surpass Sam Snead as well for regular season PGA Tour wins, major wins, all that combined. So, kind of crazy. Let's talk about Dustin Johnson. He's not going to play in the Olympics, citing scheduling constraints. Now, the Olympics is in Japan, 11 days after the Open Championship at Royal St. George's concludes. That makes you wonder, by the way, if other players, Americans for that matter, are going to follow suit with Dustin Johnson. Plus, is there an opening for Tiger Woods to get in? Four golfers qualify for Team USA based on their world rankings. So we have Brooks, third in the world, Justin Thomas, fourth. DJ was fifth and ready to go for the Olympics. Not going to happen. So now you look at Cantlay, who's six. Webb Simpson at eight. Patrick Reed at nine. And then there's Tiger just outside the top ten at number 11. Xander Shoffley at number 12. Plenty of time here for Tiger Woods to move up that world golf ranking. But he is outside the top 10 for the first time since that Masters win last April. So is there an opening for Tiger? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, there's plenty of tournaments ahead of Woods for him to move up this board here. I think from a symbolic standpoint and a mental standpoint, 
Tiger Woods being on the American team, or not really team, but American conglomerate because of the Olympics, it's stroke play and all that, would be huge in general. And then you just throw on the ability standpoint that Tiger still has at age 44. Heck yeah, I'm in. So if we were to go to Japan and play in the Olympics right now, it would be Brooks, Justin Thomas, Cantley, and Webb Simpson. Patrick Reed would also be an interesting ingredient into that as well. Just saying. He brings some fire. We all know that. So no DJ. And look, this isn't going to be a yearly thing. Obviously, the Olympics is every four years. So you won't have this problem year in and year out. But... It is something to kind of ponder about the PGA Tour schedule, which really does get condensed in the early to mid-summer months. So we shall see going forward. Okay, with that, folks, let's toss it on over to my interview with Bridget Whalen, a fun conversation. Keep it right here on the Tiger Woods Podcast. Bridget Whalen, welcome back to the Tiger Woods Podcast. How is life in general for you? Because it has been so long. It has been so long. Thank you for having me back. Life in general is great. Um, No real big news to share. Just living the life down here in Florida and glad to talk some Tiger with you. I have to say, as a quick tangent, I just thought of you because of my running my first 5K a week ago. And let me tell you, my body was broken after I did it. And I've been doing yoga for the last week to like repair myself. I did not that stretch ahead of time. You didn't either. train. You didn't exactly. train properly. <laughs> I got off the couch at 7 a.m. and ran a 5K. It was like a joke. But people, a 5K is three, a little over three miles. <laughs> Just in case you weren't aware. <laughs> That's long distance for me, too. Like, I'm a sprinter by trade. But anywho, let's kick this off with uh, the big headline today. I guess we could call this big. Tiger Woods has been nominated for enshrinement in the 2021 World Golf Hall of Fame. And (laughs) I think this is newsworthy because we're actually talking about Tiger and the Hall of Fame, meaning he's that old already. And I don't want him to get any older, Bridget. But is he that old already? I believe that they dropped down the age limit to 45, which Tiger will be in 2021 when the induction occurs. It's still scary to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're all getting older. He's not old. He's 44 years old. Put it, you know, put it in context. And anyway, Tiger is is not your average uh, golfer, let's just say, obviously. So, I mean... I feel like it was coming. Why would they change it to 45? Tiger turns 45 in December. Come on. I think that this was, I saw it, uh, it was a long time coming in my opinion. You think some back channel dealings were going on like, hey, let's try to bump this up so we can get Tiger in the headlines kind of thing? I don't know if it was back channel dealings, but I think that, I mean, the, the nominating committee, Basically, the people that they nominate, it's like the highest caliber of golfers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Tiger had this resurgence, um, so to speak, in recent times. I think that doing it now when he's still in form, and I feel like we would be remiss not to do this for him. I'm, I'm not saying that this should be done for all, 
all athletes, but I feel like having him be inducted when he's still healthy and he still could be out there, I think it's a su- it would be a super cool accolade for him to have while he's still on the PJ Tour. Like that's super cool because, I mean, technically it used to be 50, right? And once yep. you're 50, you could play for the PJ Tour champions. So it's not like you're out there competing with the best of the best when you get, or or like you could also be retired, obviously, and get inducted. But I think it's a super cool opportunity for Tiger to be a Hall of Fame golf. I mean, if he didn't have enough already, he's now possibly, I, I mean, I think it's a lock, but he's possibly a, a Hall of Famer going to be competing on, you know, the world's greatest tour. I think it's cool. Which is pretty cool indeed. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about the Arnold Palmer this week. Tiger Woods not participating. Are you going to be there, by the way? It's in your backyard. I will. I'll be there every day. I th- As of now, I'm planning to go every day. It looks like it's this is going to sound so strange, but it looks like it's going to be a little warm on Thursday. I might skip. <laughs> Live in Are Florida, you serious right now? <laughs> what? I know. It's going to I'm be like, warm. I'm like, I don't know if I should say this. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to be like out in the sun all day on Thursday. So I might skip Thursday, but I'm definitely going to get there Friday and Saturday. And last year was the first time ever I have attended a Sunday finish mm. at any tournament in my entire life. I have never been to, first of all, I'm not a Sunday goer for tournaments. And I mean, Bay Hill is like right down the road. So this is a, a different opportunity for me. But last year I went on Sunday and I spent the whole day and I wound up actually following Francesco Molinari. People are going to think it's not true, but I wound up with Billy Horschel who was playing with Francesco. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick it out with Billy. And then Francesco wound up winning. So that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm going to go on Sundays for sure again, which is like kind of weird because I'm not a Sunday goer. I'm like a, a moving day person or occasionally I like to go on the Friday just so I could see the full field. But now I'm like totally pro Sunday. So pro I'll definitely Sunday. be there. I'm pro Sunday. I'm, I'm pro finishing. So I'll <laughs> definitely be there on Sunday. Um, and then I'll probably be there on Friday, Saturday as well. The Bridget Golf platform adapting and changing and now pro Sunday. That's huge. Hey, uh, yeah. I gave the world my prediction about Tiger playing in the Arnold Palmer. I said 80% chance. So I gave myself some room to be wrong. And obviously I was wrong because that's usually the case with me. Was this surprising to you at all? Tiger's agent citing back stiffness. Is this Tiger just being conservative? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't, I really wasn't thinking he was going to play. And I don't know if that's weird of me to say, but I feel like, what I've been hearing and the rumblings is he really isn't ready. And I think he's having some, some back issues still. Mm. I mean, at Genesis, he, he said his back was stiff, which I, that kind of surprised me. Um, and he did come in last uh, in that field, I believe. So I was not surprised that he skipped. I believe this is the sixth time he skipped in the last seven years. Does that sound right? It's something I know like he that. played here. Yeah, I know he played here in 2017 because on Saturday I saw him birdie um, 18 and it was awesome. He had all white on, I remember. Um, that's kind of creepy. But so uh, I haven't, that's the only time I've 
seen him here at Bay Hill, and I feel like he didn't play a while before. I wasn't surprised. I actually, um, I hope he plays the players. Like, that's where I'm at, which I would be shocked if he didn't. But I think he'll, I think he'll play the players. I hope he's informed by then. Um, I don't know. I think for Tiger, it's all about pushing towards the Masters. So I think even though he's skipping Bay Hill, he skipped it so much in recent times. And he skipped it last year and he won the masters. So I'm, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal um, going forward. Yeah. I mean, I talked about this earlier in the program, how we are pretty much on the same trajectory for Tiger's schedule before the masters as we were last year, aside from, uh, I believe the Mexico championship he played last year, but he skipped it this year. So if he plays the players and the match play, he's pretty much on par with what he did last year. So we shall see. I will ask you this. How many tournaments do you think Tiger's actually going to play this year? Because I've been grappling with this with my listeners in particular. It's like, okay, obviously the majors are a shoe in. He wants to play the Olympics, but what about those sentimental tournaments like the Memorial, for example, which he holds close to his heart. And I thought API was one of those tournaments as well, but of course the back comes into play and all this stuff. So in terms of predicting where Tiger's going to play Bridget outside of the majors, what are you keying in on? So he did say last year he was going to play a lot less. I think um, people do forget that. Uh, I do think going forward into this year, his whole mindset was, I am not going to play as much golf as I played last year. I think he'll play the Memorial for sure. I do think API is close to his heart. Obviously, his relationship with Arnie um, was super, super special. Um, so, I mean, I don't really have like a, a set amount. I haven't really thought about it. Obviously, I think he's going to play all of the majors. Um, hopefully he's in contention for at least two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think he'll play Memorial. Um, I, I, I don't have an answer. I just think that it'll be a lot less than last year, which I was upset about obviously going into this year because last year was such a treat. We were so spoiled. <laughs> And I wish every year could be like that. That's like my dream, which basically means I want to go back in time 20 years. Uh, so we can't do that. But um, I, I think he's going to play a lot less, and I think it was expected. So I, I don't think it's really concerning. It's funny. You were talking about Tiger wearing white at that API a couple of years ago, and I'm the same way with his outfits. Like, if he wears <laughs> pink, I lose it. Like, my God, he looks fantastic <laughs> in pink. Like, let me tell you, folks, that big swoosh in the front, too. Good Lord! Oh, brutal. I like him in red and black. Yes, of course. And in contention. Hey, let's talk about uh, one tournament in particular where he won wearing red and black, the Masters, Augusta, on the horizon. As we stand, Bridget, Tiger has the second best odds to hoist the green jacket. What do you make of those odds? What do you make of odds in general in golf? Because I hate to say it, I think they're a little conflated here for Tiger to be second best. Sure. Um, but are they, because that is his course last year, we were, like we just said, we were kind of in a similar holding pattern. Like he's skipping some events, but he's playing enough. You know, I think as of right now, he's only played eight competitive rounds this year. So he definitely like, I want to see, you know, more of him, um, maybe not like in contention, but just more having, making the cut four full days of, of not feeling tired or back stiffness or neck pain or, or whatever, the myriad of things um, that he has to deal with. Um, so I, I like those odds. 
But again, I'm very pro Tiger at Augusta. I think that uh, that course is his visionary aligns with that course impeccably. Um, he's a he's a master of that course, you could say. So I like the odds. I think he has been a little cheeky with um, responding, you know, to reporters saying like his prep has been just as it usually is like, you know, you know, no cause for concern, like not no need to be alarmed. Like he does what he needs to do to get ready for the masters. Um, And I mean, he's, he's got it done enough times now where I feel like he sort of looks to have everything peak kind of together for that week. So I like the odds. Um, I think he will have everything dialed in for the Masters. I think that is at the forefront of um, his brain space. I know we say now, like, oh, well, the players is in March, and, you know, you should look to the players, but Tiger's looking to the Masters. That's just – that is what it is. Um, That is his tournament that I think kicks off the year sort of for him. So if he's informed for that, I think he's good to go. So this, like, weird, like – winter golf period I really don't think Tiger relies too heavily on you know what I mean like I think he does like he says he does what he needs to do to feel comfortable come that week in April and so I like the odds um I'm going this year so I would no love way. for him to win oh yeah my God, that'd be, that's gonna be fantastic <laughs> heck of an experience. it's my first time going I was gonna ask yeah have you been before and wow that's gonna be crazy driving down Magnolia Lane the scenery I know I'm excited and I'm also going to be um up at the U.S. Open this year which is my basically where I'm from I'm from San Connecticut no it's Wing, Wingfoot oh I'm thinking of uh, the PGA at uh Harding, yeah. the TPC Harding. <laughs> yes um, but so I'm excited my, this year I have, I'm knocking off a couple, uh, majors, which is cool. Awesome. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk about another big calendar item. If you will, the 2020 Olympics kind of talking about some other golf headlines here, Dustin Johnson bowing out citing the PGA tour schedule. And I wonder, could you see maybe other players following suit or another player following suit with this? Because you have the Olympics 11 days after the conclusion of the British at Royal St. George's, and then you got to hop on a plane and go to Japan. It's a lot of travel. What do you make of Dustin's decision? And do you see any shockwaves from that? I know that he said it was due to the schedule. I think it's alarming, um, alarmment from the coronavirus. That's honestly my opinion. And it's awful because in 2016, when golf came back to the Olympics, Zika was an issue, you know? So I think fears surrounding, um, the coronavirus are really, uh, kind of what are going to lead people either to be in or out. But I do agree with you that the schedule is heavy. I just think it's a little egregious to say, you know, he wants to focus on the FedEx. I don't know how valid that is. Yeah, I've um, never really heard that explanation. I want to focus on the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. And I mean, I he's had a few close calls in the playoffs, but like DJ, that's that's your that's what you're going that's what you're pining over. Um, so, I mean, I I do see a lot of people dropping out. I do. I think that like unfortunately, golf in the Olympics has just had bad luck in the past eight. Uh, in you know the past two. Um, not eight years, four years. So I, yes, the final major, it 
it's going, it, it is tight, you know, I, I do right. agree with that, but I, I don't think that, um, I really don't, I don't see a lot of the hive, like profile players going. I really don't because think about it in 2016, Jordan, Rory, Jason day that, you know, they all didn't attend. Yeah. It, you had Kucher up there winning bronze. Which like, you would not have expected. I wouldn't no. have. <laughs> wild. That's wild. So, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, um, I think that this virus is going to heavily impact it. Um, I, I see a lot of the big guys. I see a lot of the big guys dropping out. I'm curious to see who does go. Um, I'm curious to see if the Olympics even happens this year. I'm yeah, you know what? That. It's it's kind of a shame, and I hate to go all Dr. Oz on the listeners here, but it's like, from what I understand, this coronavirus is really just a flu, you know, and you're going right. to recover unless, you know, you're 90 years old, you have, you know, a deficient immune system and then, yeah, there's a bit of a concern there. But for a healthy guy like Dustin Johnson, an elite athlete, like, come on. But I understand the conservative nature about it, you know, just playing it safe. So, I mean, it is a shame in general. Right. And I think that there's, like, a period of time where you might not be showing symptoms, but you've contracted it, which sure. I think alarms people because you you need to be, you know, kind of incubated, whether it's in your house or whatever, for two whole weeks. So. I think that that whole, like you explained it perfectly, I, you know, it really isn't as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, but I think the prospect of it is so scary um, that I do think it's going to deter people to going to Tokyo. I just think that that's kind of what's going to happen. And it's so unfortunate because like you said, Tiger did talk about winning the Olympic gold as like one yeah. of his, yeah, like that's something that he looks forward to doing, which would be awesome. But now I'm like, I, I don't know. Could I see Tiger going over there? Like, he's, he's definitely in good health, but, you know, he has issues. I don't know. Like, I've thought about it, and it would be awesome to see Tiger win a gold medal. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Time will tell for sure, and luckily we have plenty of time before the 2020 Olympics, so we shall see about that. Very excited to ask you about this. Let's talk about Patrick Reed, and it seems like everybody and their mother and father and sibling has an opinion on Patrick. David Faraday included in a recent interview talked about this whole cheating, non-cheating scandal, calling Patrick Reed, quote, Captain Oblivious. And I just wonder if we're trying too hard to paint Reed as this villain bad guy because the game of golf really doesn't have one right now. That's just my thought. What do you make of this whole scandal, non-scandal, and then everybody else's opinions on this with Patrick Reed? Well, also, Peter Costas claimed that he's seen him cheat multiple times. So, I mean, the guy just can't win. Uh, Do I think we're making him out to be a villain? I don't think so. I think he hasn't been really well-received his his whole playing career. I'm like, I can't, I'm hearkening back to like, did people like him at any point? He's just, he's not the easiest person to like. And I've heard from people who even knew him college age who you know didn't really mesh well with him um I think that's always sort of been his issue I'm not so sure if he's a major people person which again as a professional athlete you don't really need to be but I think you need to have like some common courtesy for the other people in the arena you know um I do think it's interesting right now that 
I read that he could get in the top five with a win this week. And I was like, wow, that would be nuts. Like all of this controversy around him fuels him like incredibly. I mean, he just won, he won the WGC Mexico. That was, that was kind of wild. Right. He had so much negativity in the space, which is interesting. Um, if that's how, you know, he operates, I, I, I totally feel like he's proven himself in a weird way, whether he's fueled by animosity or not. I think that he's definitely, yes, I understand that the cheating rumors have surrounded him, but I, I do think he's validated. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we're making him out to be a villain. I think he did that to himself, in mm. my opinion. It's really interesting to see a lot of the media members come out and talk about right. Patrick Reed as well. You mentioned Peter Costas. I forgot about him. And, of course, the whole – his exit from CBS was a little fishy and all that, according to him. And he just right. kind of went all in on talking about whatever he wanted to, which is kind of nice to get that, you know, unfiltered version of a media member from the golfing world. Uh, speaking of media members – and, by the way, you can tell I want to catch up on a lot of stuff here – I want to ask you about Paul Azinger, who okay. said on the NBC telecast for the Honda Classic last weekend, in reference to your guy, Tommy Fleetwood, the pressure on the PGA Tour is far more and far higher than the European Tour. And he got a lot of flack for that. Ian Poulter came at him. Lee Westwood came at him. Here's a recent quote from Azinger saying, I wasn't trying to be malicious. I didn't mean to disrespect anyone, but professional golfers choke for two things, cash <laughs> and prestige, and the PGA Tour has the most of both. Was Azinger right in your opinion? No, I think it was a little tone deaf. Mm. Um, I mean, was he belittling the European Tour? I don't – I just thought it was – the whole thing was uh, – it was – acerbic it was uh, unnecessary in my opinion um I don't know if I want to say like I was shocked by it I think the way he delivered it he wasn't thinking it was going to make such an impact right and and I, yeah you know what I mean like I think that th that's thrown like he, he's technically not wrong which is unfortunate to say because it the the comments were tone deaf but he but he's not wrong you know like I, we say it all the time like I'm it's so unfortunately, it's kind of like giving your opinion on a popular opinion, which is always tough, you know, make like singling yourself out instead of like being a whole. Um, I, I honestly think that it was not meant to demean the European tour or, you know, the people, the players, the people who play on it. Um, I think that he was trying to. Honestly, I actually don't know. I just I thought he it was, was trying to was honestly, Bridget. I think he was trying to just fill dead air on the broadcast, right? And think of exactly. some sort of storyline for Tommy Fleetwood, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that. So that's what I mean by saying, like, you know, the PJ Tour has the best of both worlds, right? Because you have European Tour guys on it, you you have PJ Tour guys on it, and and vice versa. But the European Tour gets a lot less PJ Tour guys, right? That's mm -hmm. fair to say. Yep. So if you take that into consideration, he's not wrong. It's just the way that he delivered it. And yes, I do think he, Tommy Fleetwood has never won on the PJ tour. Right. So you're trying to come up with some sort of narrative of like how this will further validate his career or his, you know, his place in golf history per se. And I think that in doing that, like, I really do not think there was any ill intent behind no. what he said. I think he is a lovely man. 
Um, and I do think that, you know, the second someone says something on the airwaves, it is public like fodder, right? And, and one person says something and then it explodes. It's like, it's wildfire. So I do think the way he, his cadence, the way he delivered it was a little awkward and a little like, huh? But I, I again, I like, he's not technically wrong. You know, it's just, he didn't put it in the best terms. And I agree with you. You're filling dead air. You right. need a Tommy Fleetwood storyline for sure. Yeah, that's, that's how I see it. Oh my goodness. So much to talk about in the world of golf. Bridget Whalen joining the Tiger Woods podcast yet again. And Bridget, appreciate the time. Look forward to chatting more in the future. Thanks. That was awesome. Big shout out once again to Bridget Whalen for joining the Tiger Woods podcast. All right, folks. I'm signing off for this week. I'll catch you in a week. Hopefully, we are previewing some actual Tiger Woods golf ahead of TPC Sawgrass. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on the gram at MrRogers98. Subscribe, tell your friends, and I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.